ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Amy. Cody Collier, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, Leonard? I am doing great. Hey, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to uh, meet with me and, and talk with me. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Well, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm not up on the four-wheel drive stuff as much, so you're going to have to guide me through here a little bit, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get this done and get some information out there. Um, okay. How did you get started in XC racing? Uh, my dad, uh, did road quad growing up, um, got one when he, when he was 18 and, uh, rode one all of his life and, uh, never raced, uh, up until I was a kid. And, uh, when I was around six years old, uh, one of his friends that he works with, uh, figured out they raced quads and, uh, he went to like the first one he could. And, uh, uh I went to that one and they, we figured out that there was a youth race and, uh, I was, I was mad that we didn't go to that. So I was mad that we didn't get to, I didn't get to race that. So, uh, we ended up racing after that. So it's been a long time since I've thought about this. I'm trying to get the order of events, right. <laughs> um, it's been a long time. So I retouched on that from the beginning. Um, yeah. So I'm mad that I didn't get to race that one. So I started race after the second race and I've been stuck ever since. Uh, but I grew up on the back of a quad. Um, whenever, uh, they used to go ride all the time before we race, I'm going to take the booster seat out of the minivan and toe strap it down to the back of the utility quad rack and ride me around for hours. And, uh, that's, that is so cool. Yeah. That's so um, cool. Yeah. So I, I grew up on the back of a quad, um, started racing this first chance I got been riding since I was four on my own. Started racing when I was six and, uh, so started racing the nationals when I was eight at the end of the season when I was eight, um, dad heard about the nationals went out and rode one, got like 11th in class and like, 40th overall or something just starting out in a couple years. And here I am now. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of good memories. You guys are having quite the battle in the four by four pro class right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good uh, points battle right now. Frazier and Mickelson have been solid riding good. And uh, I've had some bad luck this year, two breakdowns and uh, actually caught on fire at the first race. 
I had some misfortune at my pit stop and some gas got, uh, some gas got spilt and caught on fire, lost like four minutes, dropped back to fifth place and actually passed back for fourth on the last lap. And, uh, wow, that, that's coming back off of that. That's kind of impressive. I just, yeah, just, uh, I was like, I gotta go salvage point squad's good. I can ride. I'm not, I'm not too burnt up. Just some singed butt hairs and move on with my day. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, that, that's it. Hey, have you ever been out mud riding? I have not the mud bogging, like the deep stuff. No, I just, uh, I've, I've done a, the most motocross I do is like fast tracks. It's more of a GP style. Other than that, I'm just wood riding. Excellent. And you said that you rode sport quads too. Yeah. I grew up on a sport quad. You know, I, I raced the youth class growing up out with Hunter Hart, our whole youth career. We went back and forth and, uh, um, yeah, I rode up through the schoolboy ranks. I was the first ever schoolboy to earn the 201 overall number first and lonely still um from the schoolboy class to win the am overall number of the 201 plate so that's why that's kind of my thing is the 201 i like it uh and then um yeah i jumped up the xt2 class at 16 years old uh i got them to change the rule from 17 to 16 to let me run it that year um i had to uh, iron man a year before run the college a class as soon as i turned 16 they told me i had to win college a and get 20th overall i won college a and got 20th overall iron man that year so they had to move the age limit for me. So now that's why it's XE2 is 16 years old now. And uh, so I ran XE2, Cole Richardson, uh, ran number five that year. He was a beat, beat me a lot that year. I battled with Marty a lot that year. I got one, one win that year when Cole had a mechanical. Um, and then I broke my wrist over the summer break and just had some, couldn't ride right after, after that summer break, uh, the first couple of races and got my mojo back at Pyron and Ironman at the end of the year. And then I uh, tried it again, second time, uh, XC2 when I was 17. And that went pretty good. Uh, Covert ran awesome that year. Uh, he ended up winning the championship. I had a, some motor issues and whatnot, and just uh, not a solid season. Didn't really get to, results didn't show the speed and all that good stuff. But uh, I think I ended up like fourth or something that year in XC2. And I was like, I'm just, speed's there. I'm ready for it. So I went XC1 when I was 18, ran it for four seasons, I believe. And uh, I started having back issues when I was like 18, 19. Back, my back started going out, and I wear a back brace every single race. Um, there's been time when, when I was in, still in high school when I was 18 after XC1 races, uh, my back would hurt so bad. I actually missed a Monday of school because I couldn't get out, get out of bed. It hurt so bad after a race because I didn't wear my back brace that race. And uh, so I just, I battled that my whole career in XC1. That kind of always limited my speed. I'll get to end of second lap and my back would just be like, you can only hit the bumps this fast. And uh, so I never really felt like I got to tr show my true speed at nationals because of that. Um, locals, I was always like, a, I feel like I'm a lot faster at locals. Like I can run with Bryson, Bryson and them guys at Wexer for like used to when I still ran the XC1 class. I could run with them guys for over an hour for the most part. And uh you're right there at pace. Keep them honest, at least not like at the nationals, like I was doing. I was losing a minute a lot. And uh, so, how, and, uh, did, how did you transition from the sport quad to the four by four? So, uh, that fourth year XC1, I believe. Um, I just wasn't having fun. The back just, I just wasn't having good results. The back was killing me. I just uh, wasn't right, wasn't riding like myself and stuff. And uh, I was like, I need to drop, I want to drop back to the AM race and have fun enjoy racing again. And, uh, so the option for me was either run the sport class on a two fifty R or go to four by four pro. I was kind of the, my, I was like, I, I still want to race the GNCCs. I love it. My 
my body's telling me no, not, not, not for me. So, um, 250R, 4x4 Pro. So I just, it made sense for me to go to the 4x4 Pro class and uh, ran after summer break that year. Um, what, what is it now? It's uh, 22 season. I think it was, uh, this is my fourth season, third, beginning of my third full season in the 4x4 class. Um, so 2018, I started running it. Um, end of that season, I had some good results, got podium. Um, how does yeah, and then just figuring out the quad. I, I was riding a little bit too aggressive, figuring out how hard to ride it and stuff. I had some mechanical. It was my first two full seasons, my second and third season on the four by four, if you will. Um, and then uh, this is my fourth year, and we're getting it figured out. I got a new mechanic, Mike Seegers. He's been awesome. Um, we had an unfortunate uh, issue with a pre-filter on the snorkel, the air box. It got a at Camp Coker, sand got in it and it like weighed it down and then sand kept filling on top of it and it could fill it flush where it had, couldn't get any airflow to the system that melted my belt at Camp Coker this year. Oh yeah. And then, uh, and then Florida this year, um, I rode my bike from last year, um, brand new, the uh, axles, all that good stuff got prepped. It's my local bike this year. Um, and, uh, the end of the first lap just coming around the corner and just, uh, a bolt in the power steering unit just let loose. And I just, no steering, floppy handlebars coming out of the corner and about smoked a tree. And uh, so I didn't, didn't even get a lap in at Florida this year because of that. Oh, uh, so did put yourself right in a hole. Yeah. So I've caught on fire at first round, finished fourth, one, oh uh, no, uh, DNF at Florida, one Georgia, um, one big buck 2.0. Uh, mechanical at Coker. And then I want to, uh, the Hoosier this past weekend. Wow. That's pretty good odds. I think you need to, you know, figure out that, that, that issue there. And, and, uh, and, and it's just, loopy it. stuff. it's just loopy stuff. Just a weird issue. Yeah. Kit. Um, unforeseeable thing with the power steering unit on a quad that had one season on it. That, that, it just, that don't Doesn't happen. happen. Yeah, just fluke. Um, and then Camp Coker, a learning curve with that. We, we thought we were being extra safe on a pre-filter on the snorkel. And it ended up costing us. So now we know. Um, won't happen again. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's the best way to learn. Is never let it happen again. You know, after you've Sometimes learned. Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. But Right, right. You know, I have a whole shelf of learn the hard ways. Yeah, fool me once. Yeah. Right. So let me, I want to ask you some questions, if you don't mind. Um, I'm sure that you've been to, to medical experts talking to, talking about your back and trying to to fix that. Um, how does the four by four work with it? And have the doctors given you any solutions? Uh, honestly, for me, it's mostly the track. You know, uh, at GNCC starts Saturday morning. The youth run half the track ish. Um, you know, only like a hundred of them, and they're not riding that hard. And then you know, we got two, we got two hundred to. 500 some races the amateur riders that run the whole track for two hours you know it starts getting rough at the end of that race um the pm race starts on that track as rough as it is so the last lap of the am race is how rough it is the first lap of the pm race you start with it that bad so uh that's that's the biggest thing for me and that's why like i was saying earlier at the local races i could compete more because they don't run the full track so it's like the am race where you get to run the whole track after the youth races um, so that's the biggest thing for me was just the condition of the track and how choppy it got the square edges and the bumps, just the, it just didn't agree with me. So, uh, the four by four, also the independent rear suspension, I think helps a little bit, 
but nothing crazy. I think it's mostly just track for me. Really? So it's, so it's the rougher it is, the harder it is on your body and, and your back just can't hold up. huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily the quad, you know, if they're on the same surface, it's not really that bad, but when it's this choppy, it's just it every corner, every inch of the track, but at the end of the PM race, it's, there's not uh, acceleration or braking bump on the track pretty much as tight as our and short choppy as our tracks are. It's, it gets rough. Do the four by fours make the same kind of braking bumps and acceleration bumps that the sport quads do? Um, I would be interested to see a four by four only track, I guess, to see how it would develop. Cause it's got the four wheel drive and it's digging a little bit differently and they're heavier. Um, but I'll be interested to see how that would make any difference. I don't know. I don't know if it'll make them longer or deeper or what. Do you guys, do you guys seem to like when the little bikes go through there in the morning race, do you guys seem to blow through their lines and make your own? If a sport quad gets stuck in that line and they're like pointing me around it, I am not afraid to hit it. I have never gotten stuck on the four by four. Unless it looks like it's going to swallow half of the quad, you're probably going to make it be hit with some momentum. Really? Honestly, that four wheel drive and the 26 inch tires, they just eat. I've never had an issue where I've hit a section and been like, I don't really know if I'm going to make it through that. It's, How is, how's it going up some of the vertical wet hills? Iron Man this past weekend where it was super muddy and boggy. There was a couple of spots on the last lap where I just hit a wall and just sat back into it and let the four wheel drive just dig. Not wide open, not spinning myself out like half throttle sitting into it, but keeping that traction, that four wheel drive just digs. Got those <laughs> fresh can fresh can of tires on there. They just dug this <laughs> uh, nothing like a little plug, right? Oh yeah, I gotta throw them in. But yeah, no, they're 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 one of my biggest helpers, you know. Um, yeah, the traction of the ground, that's what it's all about. I love the thing I love about the Kenda um four by four tires that they're they're the only tire with a center groove. If you look at my bear claws, everyone else has a zigzag pattern in their tire, all the GBCs and such. Um that Kenda bear claw that I run has a center track. So like on the where I'm sliding into like uh, uh, um hard pack stuff, it actually has a center groove to catch and I'm not just sliding on that zigzag. Okay. So they, they were trying to put they were trying to push the Mastodon tire whenever I came on the scene four by four. And I ran that a couple races and it's kind of got the zigzag going on. I saw the bear claw and I'm like, I'm running that. And if you look now, every single kind of four by four guy has the bear claw. Nice. So what what model machine do you ride? Uh I I transitioned to 850 last year. Um they're a little bit lighter than 1000, not as hard in the G outs and stuff. Um and the power to weight kind of balances out. Um, I don't really notice it. I'm, other than like real long, draggy uphills, um, the 1,000 will pull a little bit. But like if it's flat and got some flow to it, the 850 is just a lighter one. And don't, don't notice the difference. Which manufacturer? Can-Am. The Can-Am 850. Um, okay. I run the Renegade. Uh, to my understanding, the Renegade and the Outlander, the square body plastics, the only difference is the plastics and plastics mounts, like the chassis and everything to my understanding is identical. So you can run either and be competitive. Same it, it, you were telling me the motors are pretty reliable. I mean, as far as you don't, you don't go through motors. And, oh and, no, those V the, the, yeah, those can, am the, yeah, the CVT, the B twins there. I, 
I've heard of people having 300 plus hours on them and not having an issue. Just burn up belts. Do they, do they burn up belts the same as they do in the UTVs? Um, very, very similar. I change mine out every other race. I get a brand new belt every other race and then I'll rotate the, the used one off my national or my local bike it, it, you can normally get four or five rides out of them at the pro level. If you're nice on but everyone just goes two races pretty much. And just to be safe, there, you do get every once in a while you get a belt that's not going to last and that you don't want to lose because of a hundred dollar belt. Is it the belt technology that hasn't caught up or the clutch technology that hasn't caught up? Um, I switched to, so after I burnt my belt out at a coker, we not only do we take the pre-filter off, we switched to a bearing clutch instead of like a, it's just like, it normally just runs on a hard plastic. We we got one that kind of runs on bearings now to kind of alleviate some of the heat. Um, I ran on my 1000 two years ago, we had it. And then when I got the 850, um, it had an aftermarket clutch on it. I don't remember if it was bearing or not. And then we, we put the, um, bearing clutch and that one and this one now. So, uh, just that's going to take some heat off of it. Um, the belt, I don't really have any answers for you on how to make it any better. Um, it's just, uh, it's kind of like a hard rubber material. I'm sure, you know, the razor belts and such same thing. Um, yeah, I, I know, I know this much, you know, a little, yeah, 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 you're good. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I had to play with them just a little bit, but not, not much. Yeah, I don't know how you would make that material any better. I'd make it chain drive somehow instead of a belt. I know it's got a stretch, and that's how it shifts gears. So um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I just I just always always thought with all the CVT style clutches that they could come up with a belt that would live longer. But then maybe again, it's gonna it, it's gonna wear the clutch out faster if the belt's that much sturdier. I, I don't know. Yeah, need sometimes it needs the something's got to give type of thing, right? And I guess the belt's easier to to replace than clutch components. A little cheaper, yeah, a little, a little more manageable. Right. So you guys have no, you have a pretty sealed uh, system as far as there's no water issues um, because you do you run a snorkel device on there or is it is it just the natural stock factory factory uh, so. On those, the gas tanks on the rear right of the bike, like kind of under your rear right thigh, is where the gas tank is on those. Um, and then uh, the front where the gas tank is on a sport quad, um, that's where your airbox is. You take that piece of plastic off, and you're there. You got a cap where it's a sealed off like a uh, box there. It's got a snorkel that comes up under the plastics by the uh, handlebars right there. Um, and then it's got a drain. The bomb will come in that snorkel, and then it'll run and drop down. But it's got where a chase up where the air will come up, and the air the water will go straight down if you somehow splash water up the plastics and then in. So it's, it's going to suck air in where it's at. There's not going to really get any water in there. You can hit anything as hard as you want, not worry about it water wise. Um, and then, uh, but I, I still like the, um, the pro quads, I still try not to soak myself and get my seat wet and all that good stuff. Once your seat, well, you're sliding around. That's no fun. I avoid that. At, I'll, I'll avoid that at all costs, but. That, that just, that seems so cool that, that you can get away with so many different things than the sport quad guys can, you know? Oh, and the trees we can run over. I, it was a new ball game for me. I always love to make new lines, run over trees. That's kind of like one of the things I'm known for. Um, but uh, yeah, the four by four, I've really found new 
there's levels to it on the four by four stuff you can run over. So how big of a round of a tree can you, can you mow over? I'd say about your forearm. Oh, yeah. Almost, you know, if it's not like super solid, if it's got any, any shape to it, I hit it right. They're heavy. They're eight, they're 800 pound machines, dude. They're four wheel drive. You get up on there. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. I, uh, actually this weekend, um, Ironman, the big bottleneck on the last lap. There's, there's like 20 quads down to the right over this hill. And then there's like a ravine and there's one line that kind of cut up where it cut up to the left. You weren't cutting off any time taking that line, but it was bantered off. And someone broke down entering that line. It was, they had that drop off right there. And then there's a big tree with a log that like came across and like pinched it in where he was stuck. He couldn't push it any further. And, uh, his front left tire was, it was just too tight for a quad. And I tried to like jump in there and how I, my front right tire hit, it shoved my left tire uh, under a log, my rear right tire on this nerf bar. I was like wedged in there on the last lap. And I got off my quad, was trying to move it. Didn't know what to do. I put it in reverse, got up on his seat with my rear right tire and rode across the seat and down over his front plastics and got out of there. <laughs> I'm sure he was not happy, was he? I, I didn't look back. <laughs> it, I, I gotta get out of there I, that's all i could do he didn't he didn't come and look for you later did he I, he didn't find me <laughs> well maybe when he listens to this if he listens to the podcast then he'll know who it was i'll give you a high five brother thanks for getting me out of there thanks for <laughs> it up for everyone else because i guarantee no one else did that oh that is too funny yeah. Yeah. I, I did that. And I was like, I'm gone. No one's getting through there. I, I knew I had, a, that was going to get me at least an extra minute on that last lap. Um, I think I ended up winning, uh, Hayden finished a little over two minutes behind me. And then, uh, third was over seven minutes behind me. Because they got caught in that bottleneck. Any of them, all of them there, there was a probably half a dozen decent bottlenecks on that last lap. I split really, really well. I didn't really lose too much time, um, but wasn't like perfect split of the line. It it wasn't like perfect. I had, I lost, you know, 20, 30 seconds on a couple, but kept moving. You were in the lead at that point. So I had a, I had over a minute going into the white flag. Okay. Okay. So I knew I had some, I knew I didn't know it was that big of a gap, but I looked back in one of the longer sections and didn't see anybody. I was like, all right, I got, I got some playroom here. So no one's going to see me sneak through these bottlenecks right now. <laughs> I don't see, see my line and be able to, you know, see me and be able to make up time on my cutoff, you know? So that cross country, I don't know if you've been out to the East coast much and done a whole lot of cross country racing, but the, the, the bottlenecks and being able to see someone pick through a line and you can make up a lot of time that way not make make, win and lose races i haven't been to the level where you get to pick lines and you get to 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 dissect it Uh, i've been around the courses before you guys destroy them so it's not the same i mean i i got to go ride blackwater before the race before they dammed it all up so it's not even the same comparison to what it is during race time so my, my perspective of the course or what it's like is totally skewed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and being able to see all the levels of the track and seeing it develop and, um, picking up on it, it's, uh, it, it having to change your riding style for the developing track and all that stuff is unique and What's knowing it? when, when to save lines and when to use lines and keep lines in your back pocket and 
that kind of thing. What's the rule from the main line? How far can you deviate? 25 foot is the rule from uh, the main line. So 25 feet from the outside of the right side, 25 feet from the outside of the left, or is it just- I, I'm not really, if, if they want to get that nitpicky on it, they, I'm not going to go out there with the measuring tape before the race and measure my line out. I'm, I, I, I think I'm very fair and honest with it. I try to stay right at that 25 foot line. Um, but I, I think I'm very, I don't, I'm not a cheater. I don't, I do not play with that. Uh, well, I was just, I'm just, yeah, no, 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 I'm just saying, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I'd hit, I, I'll hit at that 25 foot mark sometimes a couple lines here and there I might hit 30. It, it happens the way it, it develops. I might misjudge it, but not trying to be cheeky or anything, you know, and then yeah. everyone hits it. It's not like, I, not like I'm the only one hitting it. It's, right, it's a good right. line. I'm taking it. So how often is it where you guys come to where there's a, uh, maybe a tight turn and you guys just shorten the turn, shorten the turn and shorten the turn. Does that happen a lot? Yeah. Yeah. It, the, it, the way I understand the rule is that it's from the main race line. So like if the main race line develops, you can, and it's obviously the main race line. It, you can go 25 feet from it. Oh, so so it, 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 the way the track develops is very interesting in races. That's the, there you go. That's what oh, I was. It's doing. another level. Yeah. It's, I, I love cross country racing. It's very cool. Oh, so it could change every lap. Yeah. 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 Every single lap, you know, after 200, you know, that Ironman last year, it was 511 riders entered the Ironman last year in the AM race. So the, you have 500 people hit the track and then you hit it again. Uh, it changes things. How long does it take? Cause you guys are the first line. Yeah. How long does it take you to, to, get to the slower riders sometimes um sometimes we there's been a couple races where we'll catch riders before we finish our first lap where the start will come in and people will just get bump started and we'll, we'll lap people before we finish our first lap a couple times but uh um, most of the time it's beginning of second lap honestly halfway through the second lap we'll start picking through the people who had some issues with mechanical work tagged a tree and had some problems problems getting off but uh it starts getting dense beginning of lap three. That's so, crazy. Yeah, it, I like that. I like that term dense. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. It, it's, it gets, it gets interesting. It gets dicey. Um, how do these slower riders deal with, with you big four by fours coming? Do they instantly hear you and move or. Uh, we got horns on our machines since we don't have clutches to have the rev bomb someone. Um, they actually let us run horns on the four by fours. So uh, we have horns. Sometimes mine works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have to yell. So uh, if, if you're on it in a section, there's you, the closing speed on those four by fours and the deep, they have a different rumble to them. Um, you know, when it's me and Frazier coming, sometimes I'm sure the ground shakes a little bit and they feel us. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, they're normally pretty good you'll have a lapper here and there that tries to race you but it becomes a hero because he's getting laps but it happens but for the most part they they know oh yeah yeah they they, they know they're, they're, they're pretty good about it they're, they're um especially people that run this series a lot you'll get your someone that just like oh there's a race and come out on their honda 250 utility quad that their grandpa owns and then you gotta deal with them every now and then wearing an open face helmet because it's where the amateur race, but um, gotta be nice to them and take your time around them. Don't want to get anyone hurt. And, you know, um, but 
I yeah, talked to a couple the of racers the, are great. I talked to a couple of the lady pros. Okay. Yeah, I I, I, I listen to your shows. They're the only ones that can even compete with your guys' speed in the morning. The schoolboy class shows promise here and there. Um, you know, they're, they're the up and commerce. Um, young young kids want to prove something and uh, they're hungry and young and all that good stuff. Um, they gotta pick um through some of the slower women. And I I remember my days in the schoolboy, some of the, the women do not like moving. Um, for what yeah, they they're awful about moving. They want everyone to, they want people to move, but they won't move. Um <laughs> it was awful i had a lot of issues with a lot of them tracy was great she was awesome me and her get along really well um but a lot of the women had some issues with getting around them you know, when i'm my days in the school weight class i don't know if it's evolved but my experience wasn't awesome my first year um <laughs> yeah. and fun. the four by four pro class when i was coming through when i was coming through on the it was four by four open back then or whatever but when i was coming through in school boy they they didn't like to move for anyone either so um so uh, you were a schoolboy. You were you were faster than the front. Line. I, I won the two hundred one class from the school. I, I won the two hundred one plate, the number one plate in the AM race from the okay. school class my first year. Now you, that makes sense now to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I was the first ever person from the schoolboy class on the two hundred fifty hybrid to uh, win that. Uh, actually, me and Wesley Wolf, um, we bought the Apex two fifties. That was the first ever production hybrid. They took a. They stole the carb Yamaha chassis and slapped the YZ250 motor in it and uh, called it an Apex 250 and made like 110 of them or something. Uh, the production rule was 100 makes of that model. So they like just went over the production rule and uh, I had bike one and two on the VIN numbers on the frames. Um, nice. So I, I had the first two. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so after that season, that's when they started allowing the hybrids in the schoolboy class. Because the, the Apexes were expensive, but me and my dad talked about them like, this is the, the move, this is the bike to have in this class. And what uh, me and Wesley bowed a little bit the, the previous season in youth. Um, and I don't know if he caught wind of it or how that worked out, but we both showed up the next season with Apex 250s. And, uh, yeah, me and him battled for the championship that season. The schoolboy class had an awesome season. Went down to the Ironman for the class because uh, the overall counts 11 out of 13 races. The class is 9 out of 13 the AM. He had a couple mechanicals that knocked him out for the 201 plate, um, which I won that year. But for class, it was uh, it was like six and six wins going into the last race. Wow. And, and who got it? I almost lost the class and won the 201 plate that year. Um, oh. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my trip. Where were we at? What was my point on that? What, what uh, we were, we don't have that? a point. We were just talking. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's you're you're educating me on some of the ways that it breaks down, and uh, I mean, I feel bad that I don't know more about how it all works. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, 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 you're good. Oh, and then uh, this was my next point on that. So, like after that, uh, we got the that next season. They started allowing the hybrids. I think the the season after they started allowing the hybrids in the youth class because of that, they let that that transition follow. That's that's good. The yeah. the did they still do the hybrid stuff back there now? Too yeah, the, the first row is all hybrids in the youth class and the schoolboys class all, is all hybrids. Really? Yeah. I thought you, you guys run, huh? you're not your guys aren't the first row that takes off. 
We're the front row. Oh, I thought you were talking about the youth because we were talking about youth hybrids right there. I'm sorry. No, the I believe the schoolboys fourth row. They're behind. Um, I know the women's, and I think four by four A or they they rotate in there. I, I'm not. I didn't look this year. I'm not sure how it works this year, but they normally are a fourth row or rotate right in there. And how many people are usually in your class? Um, the four by four pro class. Uh, it, it fluctuates from like sometimes we'll have 13, 14. Sometimes we'll have seven. Um, I think Ironman was like seven. It was a, not not a great show. A couple of people called off and had some mechanicals and um, like bike right. They're trying to save money or whatever. Not having a great season, so they didn't come. So is, I think we'll see more people at Penton this weekend. I hope. No, everyone's coming to show, snowshoe. So, is Polaris and Can Am the only two that help anybody? I think Can Am's the only one that helps anybody. They're yeah. not uh, the only players on the pro line is Austin Parks, and uh, he doesn't show up to all the races. So, and then everybody else is on Can Am. Everybody, nothing. Nothing really competes right now. I mean, I, you can make a player's work, but it's a lot of work to make them work. And KM's helping everyone right now. So, then no, nothing from nothing from any of Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki. Nothing. I, I don't. Nothing I would consider now. Like the Grizz, like they're just they're like they're not the sport utility. I don't think they would ride right. I don't know if you've ever really ridden any of them. They're just would not be flowy would not keep up i don't think there's any chance they're just not built the same you know i haven't i haven't got to sit on a can-am in a few years um but we were out shooting with dirt wheels and they had this they had a polaris 1000 out there Mm -hmm. i thought the thing was a car it's so huge yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know on the players. They have like how wide they are from factory or what you had going on out there, especially being West Coast. I know they make them wider. Um, well, but, I thought the rule was 50 inches uh, for off road. Yeah, I think I'm running like 48 or 40, 47, 48. I run zero offset rims. There's a code that says you can only be on an ATV to call it an ATV. 50 inches wide you can't be any wider that's where the racing dimension came from it because it's a rule in for xc racing right no it's for uh it's a like a federal law interesting trails when you go to the trails you if you're not if you're over 50 inches you won't fit through the through the bars yeah 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 so, yeah that that's a rule in gncc is uh that, that they I, they they used to say at least i didn't yeah, same out here on the west coast they have bars if you if you're wider than 50 inches you won't be able to go through the bars interesting so i think it's a, a national deal that they just adapted for that you know the regulation um i i would have to do a little research and i probably will just so that i can answer that question uh, on another show because somebody's going to call me out on it yeah because i believe the mx model is wider no it's 50 yeah MX is 50, works is 50. Hmm. Um, cross country is, is 50. Um, but most of, don't most of the cross country uh, sport quads run a narrower machine? Or they used to, anyways. Yeah, I, I can't remember on the sport bike what it was. I used to have that number memorized, but I'm not like 48, 47, 48 on the full bike four. We've gone back and forth on rims between the 4 1 offset, like a, a, like a 4 1 offset and a 5 0 offset, pretty much. 
do you have problems if you're wider than the 47 and a half, 48 inches? Um, I believe most people in the class run the four one offset. Um, I just, I, I really like that like zero offset. Um, it just, you don't catch as much stuff and I can compensate for it in the fields. I, I'm more of a wood rider anyways. That's where I make up my time. I, I think I just, the splitting of the trees and the technical stuff is where I feel like is my strength. So that's where I focus on setting up my bike. So like the field stuff, you're not, you just go as fast as you can go. And that's where I, know, I can go the whole time. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 uh, no. Um, you know, what I, I, was yeah, going I, I just attack, I just put it in my laps and, uh, I, I, I'm focused on setting up my bike for the woods. And then I just, I, 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 I know how my bike's going to handle. I'm comfortable with it, how it's set up. I'm, I love how it's set up. I'm comfortable with it and I can ride it for everything. It's worth ride the wheels off the thing, even in the fields and all of it. But I, I set it up more for the woods so I can make up more time in the woods. How fast or how much tire has to hit the tree for the handlebars to rip out of your hands? I, I, I've been, I've been good this year on uh, the end of last year. So it's been a while. Um, I, I don't know. Mostly it, it, it will snap before it rips out of your hands pretty much with that power steering unit. I haven't really had it rip out of my hands. I can really remember. That so wasn't like, like, I haven't really had it rip out of my hands where it wasn't trying to throw me off. Let's put it that way. So if it's going to do something like that, it's either going to break or it's going to turn so violently that you're going to, you're going to go down. Yeah. At, yeah. At, at the speeds we're going as heavy as the machines are the momentum and the weight of them. Yeah. Yeah. Either that tree is going to just break and you're just going to move on with your day. And like, it, it's either going to give where you're just going to run right through it pretty much, or you're tipping. Something's going to give. You hit it hard. Wow. Yeah. I know the sport quads, you can catch a tree and it'll, and it'll jerk the bars out of your hand. You know, sometimes things bend or break, but uh, sometimes they don't, you know. Yeah, like they'll say, say you barely clip your front left wheel. It's going to kick your right end of the little bit. The weight's not that much on the four by four. If you catch that front right, right front left wheel the same way, it's, it's a lot more weight getting thrown to the side and you can't control it and counter for it as much. Um, like uh, you have to be very careful if you try to go airborne on those things and like start hopping through stuff, make sure you're square when you're before you leave the ground. Cause when it's airborne, you have, you can't throw it around at all. It, it's going. So your body, English, you're not controlling it body English. Like you do a sport quad. You can't toss it around. You can still, I still very, I the form is very important key. Um, still on the four by on the four by four. It's just, it's not, it doesn't do as much. So it's that much more important to use it if, when you need it to be able, be able to throw it in and know what you can hit and how hard you can throw. Uh, it's, it's a, you can hit stuff harder on the sport quad because you know, you can throw into it. Um, but knowing at our level, how to still hit stuff and still use your body weight is a something I try to incorporate in my riding, being able to use your body weight to get it to do some stuff that some people just be like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to try to use my body weight. So. Where they just sit there and they're a passenger instead of driving it and you're driving. Yeah. It. Yeah. But put, putting tires where you want it and riding, being, um, it's not how well you can ride, ride the quads, how well you can ride with the quad. Type of thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a poetry in motion type thing. You, you're fluent with it and you're putting yourself in the right position so that when you go through the turn, you can maximize your speed 
and keep the tires churning without losing yeah. time because you're tipping up on two wheels or whatever. Yeah, just just being being able knowing where to set and just uh yeah, all, all of it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of thoughts going in my head about it. There's all sorts of levels. I could talk all night about all the different key form and how I attack different sections and all that good stuff. There's no real jumps out there, is there? I, I mean, the, I mean, we hit like a little bit of Iron Man. We hit like the rollers and uh, not really anything crazy. They let us hit one double coming into the finish line, Iron Man. Sometimes they let us run almost most of the low cross track some years and. Like at Patton, they let us run almost every inch of it. Um, uh, it, depends, it depends on how they're feeling. How does it jump? Um, I they're heavy, so it depends on how you land. It's all about how you land. <laughs> and and like and like you know, if you like try to, you can like seat bounce a sport quad, and like uh, if it's got a little bit of a kick to it, where you can throw your body weight back and to kind of level it and send stuff like that you cannot do that on the four by four if it's going to kick there's not a lot you can do for it so you just you got to know before you hit it how it's going to react to it you're um, in trouble if it kicks huh yeah yeah it's just so heavy it's going yeah how about straight edge what is it straight edges they're heavy so they kind of blow through it and you know if you um and how, how square and how deep it is. Uh, some of the softer stuff, like an Iron Man, where I was watching the sport quads kick real heavy, where it was real thick and soft. I was so heavy and like hitting on the top edge of it, it was kind of flattening it. And I was just riding right through it and kept on the throttle where my front tires kept spinning and just kept me pulled down. I The lapper in front of me about tossed her, and I just didn't even budge. So it, it depends. It's, yeah, if, if you, that's just different physics on them. There's a little, little heavier. I you, totally get it because I raced a 660 Raptor in, in Best in the Desert. Okay. We could hit the, the washouts at speed because it was so much heavier of a machine than the 250Rs because the 250Rs would, would, would bounce out of the washout sideways or would throw them over the, the, you know, throw them over the nose where we would come out level every time, you know, cause it just mm -hmm. I'll drive that thing right to the ground and then just slide it right over the edge and, and it would keep going. Yeah. Same type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, a little heavier is not necessarily, it's not necessarily bad. Has its pros and cons. Off yes. camera suck. Yeah. yeah I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, You're going to lose time on off cameras. Do you run inserts in the tires? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm running tire blocks this year. Not, not really having a whole lot of uh, backing on the insert end this year, but trying to talking to some, getting ready to talk to someone right now. So line some stuff up for next year. Hopefully. Nice. Nice. Um, how about the shocks? What do you guys do for shocks? Is there uh, companies out there that come and support you and, and build custom suspension for you? Um, I mean, uh, custom access, um, that's why I run, I've, I've been running them since XC two days. Um, my first year XC two on my 450, the four, first 450 I ever built. Um, I was running the access stuff. Um, I ran GT thunder, uh, when they were around before last pass, they were my, they were my shop sponsor before that. I saw in the GT thunder logo on my stuff. And, um, so yeah, I, I'm running uh, Micah custom access has my stuff set up. Um, we adjusted them. I think we made, we made one shock change and I was just, I've been riding that one different one change. And I've been set with them, happy with them, comfortable. 
run that same setup for three years. <laughs> wow. I just, I, I love it. I trust it. And it's the same quad, same riding approach and style. And just, uh, yeah, I just, I know how it works. I love it. You ride a thumb or a twist throttle? Thumb. Thumb. I just, uh, I just bought a dirt bike last week. I'm getting, I'm trying to get a, think I'm going to put a thumb throttle on it. <laughs> I just, I'm comfortable with it. I'm just, I don't, I just don't agree with me. It's okay. I just laugh because I have this conversation with almost everybody, you know, that because the newer, younger ATV guys are almost all thumb throttle guys. Interesting. And all the old guys are twist throttle guys. Just coming from bikes. Um, when we grew up, that's all there was. You started on a twist throttle mini bike and then went to an ATV with a thumb throttle on it. And they put a thumb, a twist throttle on your, on your three wheeler instantly. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, that was the first thing you changed is you put a twist throttle on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's all about what you're comfortable with. There's no right or wrong about it. Just whatever they, whatever makes you go fast, whatever you're comfortable with. Ex exactly. I used to, I used to complain a lot, but uh, you know what? I don't anymore. Just hey, you know, uh, great. <laughs> I heard a story where uh, Taylor Kaiser was testing out the thumb and twist throttle. Um, and was running at his home practice track and actually ran a couple seconds faster on the twist throttle. And he was just like, wow, I was just, I couldn't hang on. I was just wide open out of every corner. I am not, I might be faster, but I'm going to kill myself. So he said thumb throttle his whole career. He was testing it though. I worked with a young man named Mike Sloan and he could ride a twist throttle as good as he could a thumb throttle, but he was more comfortable with the thumb. So he always, you know, preferred to go to the thumb. Yeah, just all about what you're comfortable with. Yeah, I watched him ride a dirt bike with a twist throttle. Um, he raced uh, a couple of quad races with twist throttles. And but you know, if you if you could put a thumb throttle in there for him, you'd always be a little happier. Yeah, I'm the same way. I agree. Yeah, I, I can. I, I'm, I'm like upper B class speed on a bike, uh, but with with the twist, twist, I've never put a raced one with a thumb throttle. Um, one of my buddies, John Gouda Jr., I rode one of his. Yeah, he, he put a thumb throttle on his dirt bike back in the day. And I rode it, and I absolutely loved it and haven't had the chance to put one on one of my own yet. So I think it's happening. One of the GNC guys came out uh, to the West Coast to spend some time on the West Coast, and he bought a brand-new CR500. Cool. Brings it to our shop, puts a thumb throttle on it, and right in front of the front door looped it and crashed on that big 500 D day one. I mean, this thing hadn't, it didn't have 15 minutes on it. He th throws it down the concrete. Wasn't ready for that power band. The power back band kicked in. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly <laughs> what it was. I mean, he was probably thinking it was going to be like his quad and it was going to be a little slower reaction. And th that thing just wanted to eat as soon as he cracked the throttle. It, it hooked. It didn't spin. It hooked. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that, it was just kind of funny, you know. He put that thumb throttle on there, and first thing, right on the ground. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be so much better with throttle control, and just loops it out instantly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it happens. It happens. What? Where's your favorite place to race? Um. Uh, GNCC circuit wise. Um. I, don't know, I, I love Coker. I love the tight and it's really rough and technical. And I, I love that. Uh, Snowshoe is always a favorite. Um, wish it would run us in the woods a little bit more. They say they seem to like the fire roads nowadays, but, uh, um, yeah, I got run between the sections somehow, but there's, there's a good bit of fire roads on it nowadays. Uh, I don't know. Um, 
don't love Penton. I'm not a big fan of like real hard pack, like big buck. Um, I like the loamier dirt and it gets, it gets deeper and, and like uh, more technical, um, more about your riding style not just breaking points and trying to fight for traction. Um, you prefer more technical environment. Yeah. I, if they had enduro racing for quads, I'd, I'd, I'd be the first one to sign up. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love the more technical, the more does If you look at a section, like how the hell do you get a quad through here? That's, that's what I'm there for. I, I, I like the, I like the challenge on it. Um, have you ever done any style like rock climbing stuff with your unit? Um, spontaneously. Like just, just out riding or like in a race, I hit some stuff that the, make lines sit and stuff. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'd say if, if someone else has hit it, I'll hit it pretty much. I got the right I, setup. I, yeah, I ain't scared. So I got to know this. You're, you work a full-time job. Yeah. 40 hours a week. Yeah. yeah. And, and what do you do for training that differs from a sport quad training? Um, Back at XC two days, first couple of years, XC when I trained really hard, you know, I was in it, I was in it. And then, uh, my back started letting loose. And like, I was like, no matter how hard I train, my back's going to be like stuck. You can only go this fast. And it kind of disheartened me a little bit. And so I, didn't, I don't, I didn't train really train much that last year, XC one. And then, uh, on the four by fours, I just, uh, I run a little bit in the winters, but once it's racing season, I'm working 40 hours a week and, uh, I'm an electrician and, um, you know, it's a, it's an active job and we stay with it. And I'm, I'm sometimes lifting some heavy stuff and, um, I don't, don't really do too much training during the season. I'll hit the gym a couple times a week in the winter, but that's about it. Really? But the AM track, the AM track, uh, I, I don't know. I've been doing two hours for so long. I just, I know how to do two hours. Um, so I can, I can base myself and I can, I can pretty much sprint the whole race. And I, I know how to do it. I just do it. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not tired at all. I could do another lap at the end of the race on the down full sprint the full time. Pretty much. I pick when I want to sprint. You're still young too. Yeah. 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 So I'm just, I, I'm enjoying while I can. So right. right because yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not tired in any way after my race. Like I, I'm, I'm sore the next day and all that good stuff, but I'm not, I, I could do another lap at that pace. Any special diet or anything that you work off of or just just genuinely just try to eat clean. Um, I'm not, not, not nothing in particular in any variety. No, just, uh, I, I like rice and chicken. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Any, any, uh, any other outside sports that you like besides quad racing I, in the world? I like basketball, but I'm not very good at it. Um, playoffs are going on. I, I like keeping up with that. Um, any type of racing, keep up with all the professional supercross and motocross and the pro ATV motocross and the works racing a little bit and the MXGP. I love that. I love the whole MXGP series to keep up with all that pretty religiously. And, uh, um, my buddy, uh, Brendan, uh, young got me into F1 racing recently. I'm into that a little bit now. And, uh, I like football a little bit, but yeah, no racing racing's what I'm all about hundred percent. How about MotoGP? I like the bikes. I just, uh, just never does, doesn't do it for me. I guess I, I need, I guess I need like another Brendan to get me into, into it. You go watch Mark Marquez. Some of his, some I watch highlights. I, I watch highlights. It's a, it's a, I'll watch the highlights on Facebook, the passing and all the wheelies and all the racks and all that good stuff. It's impressive. I, I, I much respect to what those guys do. 
Yeah. I mean, you just think about it a bit more. Well, I, the reason I'm so enthralled with Marquez is because more than once he's been down and used his elbow to knock it, to, to push himself back up at speed and, you know, get the tires to grab again and continue on. That's insane. It is. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, I, you can't. <laughs> can't fa- I, I, uh, not, I can't fathom that. But you're a professional ATV racer and you race in the four by four class. And I guarantee you, if you take myself and other people that are in the industry and we go out and watch some of the things that you guys do, we're going to scratch our head and go, what? Did they really yeah. just do that? Yeah. Because it's not, it's not the norm for us and it's not the norm for other people to see, you know, I mean, you're thinking about it. You're racing a utility quad. Yeah. At pace. I mean, I mean, I, I ran a, I I broke down one race last year. Uh, It first lap I broke down, had uh, my mechanic brought my local bike to the track when we were picked it up at the track. And uh, I ended up running the afternoon race, the GNCC, since I didn't even uh, they DNF, they DNF that race or whatever. And I ended up, um, they let me run the PM race, uh, for no points and disqualified me. But with, uh, the rear brakes went out on it first lap. I was running 19th overall going into the white flag. And, uh, I, I quit a mile into the last lap because my back hurt so bad. I couldn't finish the last lap at the PM race last year. So I was okay. running 19th overall with no rear brakes on the four by four at so, a mountaineer, Mount, uh, Mason the school, the schoolboy camp race. I forget if it's Mason Dixon or Mountaineer. But that just that just proves it right there. Y- you raise the bar, and on a machine that shouldn't go that fast, and you go that fast. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, uh, you know, uh, Kevin and Landon before me, you know, really pushed, put the pace up, and set the bar. And I came into the class knowing what the bar was. I'm like, well. So let's like, let's like raise it. And I was ready for it. And, uh, you know, me and Lane had some great battles and we really pushed each other and me, me and Landon are right there. And Brandon is quickly caught up the pace and he's figuring things out very quickly. Has and, Landon uh, missed races or had problems? Missed races. Um, he, I think he's got three seconds and then he had a mechanical at Coker as well. Um, his first DNF in like 78 races or something ridiculous on the four by four. Wow. Um, yeah, he posted about it. Yeah, I read that. He posted about that. But um he works a lot too, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know a whole lot about his work side. Um, but you know, we're real good friends. We we get we get along great on and off the track and a lot of respect for each other. And uh yeah, he just uh takes some do, doing the life thing, you know, takes some time off racing, enjoying life. He just had a had his first kid with his wife Danielle and all right, um, enjoying life. So well you have some having the way he comes. I, 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 when, when I read the little, uh, short, uh, conversation starter that you sent me, you have some new stuff going on in your life too, or relatively new when you, when you mentioned it to me with your house and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just bought a new home and, uh, me and my girlfriend, Lacey, we're, uh, yep. um, my grand, my grandpa's house went up for sale and, uh, they don't want to see it go. So we jumped the gun on it and, uh, here I am. I'm sitting. In, I'm sitting in right now. We're doing a lot of work. We got the inside pretty much redone this winter, and uh, we just got going on the outside. Um, now that the weather's broke and uh, everything but the bones needed redone in this house, so we got a lot of work ahead of us. 
So oh. it's, it's been fun. I enjoyed the whole process and, uh, yeah, looking, yeah, love it. Love the home. Well, you keep it in the family, you know, I'm sure you have memories there with grandpa. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is, this is where, this is where I picture him most of the times and the batter at the races with me. He was, he was one of my biggest supporters in racing and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Happy, happy to be here. That's, that's an incredible story right there. I love that. Um, I get my dad who started the company that I work for, uh, that my brother owns, um, my dad's 86 and he still works in the company. So my, my wife and I caretake for him or live with him so that we can be here, you know? So I've been able to be in, in the home that I grew up in, you know, and I get it. There's an emotional attachment. Nostalgic. Yeah, nostalgic vibe or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of where I'm sitting right now was a dirt area that we parked cars and had, you know, we worked on stuff in the, in, you know, the, the worked on mich- bikes and stuff in the dirt back in the in the day. Oh yeah. It, it, right here where I'm sitting, and and then, you know, across the wall in the other room is is where the company started, you know, where he was, had, he had a little dyno and was working on 98 ATC 90 motors, you know? Yeah. Gotta start somewhere. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's what it That's what it was back then is that the nineties, the that's where the motors and that's where the industry started. So. Yeah. That, yeah. Very cool. Let's see, see how, see how it grows. Uh, it's, I, I ask him all the time, did you envision this dead? And he goes, I had no clue it was going to get this big. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. my brother and I've got to travel. Little empire, the little it's, empire for you guys. It's pretty awesome stuff. I would just have to tell you that I, I have had an amazingly blessed life, and uh, anybody to tell you different, you know, you, you just, you, I get to meet great people, you know, and I get yeah. to have conversations with people. Plus, I've gotten to go around the world and, and meet people, and uh, I would have to say that that's more rewarding reward i can't even say the word <laughs> rewarding than you could ever imagine you know? yeah yeah i honestly I, from all this i i played every sport growing up in school and through all of the different things i've done just the most genuine honest like hard-working people or just the atv racing community um specifically atv racing like we just there's just a or it's a different crew there's just uh something there's great people all around you know, don't really see a bad ATV racer, like a bad personality ATV racer. It's few and far between. I agree with that. You know, very seldom you find people that, yeah, like to get into the motorcycle world, uh, you can pick 10 or 12 of them out just opening the car door. I'm a dozen. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's just, there's just, I don't, I don't know. It's just something I know. It's just the quad racing community. We were just, uh, just more, just seem like a, I don't know. I don't know the right word for it. You know, just good people. A family-oriented environment. Good people. Yep. I honest agree. People. Good, honest people. Do you have a rival? Uh, I mean, it was me and Landon uh, running, the, pretty much running the class the last few years. Uh, Brandon, early, uh, he's, young, he's young. He's still learning. Um, shows promise here and there. And he's uh, battling some diabetes issues that he's had growing up. And, uh, you know, make the best out of his health. And he's, you know, uh, seems to be very solid on it, not having any issues with it anymore. Awesome to see, but, uh, working through that and adjusting to the class and he used to run the sport quad as well. He ran up, came up through the youth on a Cobra and, uh, 
um, ran XC2 a couple races and then eventually transitioned to the four by four. Um, so he was still learning it and dealing with some health issues. And, uh, so he's coming into his own right now. Um, so interesting to see where he lands on this uh, lands, but, uh, right now, right now it's me and Landon kind of, um, we, you know, come from the XC1 class and have that, uh, pedigree or whatever. And we just, uh, we, we set the bar and Brand, Brandon's Brandon's catching up. He's figuring it out. Uh, for like big buck 2.0 that I won. He is all over me all race. I don't think he got, I don't think he got a spitting distance from me all race. Oh, that's pretty right cool. there all day. I wrote my rear bumper. Um, but yeah, he's like, he's figuring out he's learning. So interested to see where he lands. Well, I'm, I'm going to watch this battle closely and I, I want to extend an invitation to you to come back on ATV talk. Um, yeah. Anytime you have something that you need to talk about or anytime that you have something that you need to share, please hit me up. We'll be more than glad to get it out there for you. Yeah. Like I said, let me know any way I can help promote, man. I don't know. All right. Love, love the sport. Love the sport. I want to do anything for it. I do too. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.